welcome to Friendly Competition After Dark. We are recording late night tonight with your boy, Nicholas Keller, and my best friend, Cody Lena, and our guest expert, Shane Schroeder. And we're here to talk about organized crime movies. Boys, we're sipping on some fine, fine whiskey, except for Cody, who's sipping on black velvet. And uh, do. <laughs> God, I mix it with Mountain Dew, dude. That's how you get that real crime experience. What do you think I they were drinking? Good God damn it, Cody. We're all try- I'm trying to act like we're fucking Don's over here that we're sitting here at the top of the fucking family. And you're and you come out busting through the door telling people <laughs> you drink Mountain Dew. And for the record, everyone, it's black velvet. That's the cheap shit. You are the man. This is some Fredo shit. You on some Fredo <laughs> shit, and I and I mean it offensively. On some bullshit. You right come now. to me on my daughter's wedding day with some Mountain Dew, <laughs> some black velvet, stroking a cat. Show show me no respect. God show me no respect. Uh, everyone, this is from the Competition Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. As I've kind of already teed off everything, right? Is there anything else that we talk about? This is a podcast that's talk about the best of all time. I'm Nick Keller, alongside my co-host, best friend, Cody Lena. That's it. We're good. You I did it? Listen to, it's been, the season's already done. If you're at the Final Four and they haven't listened to the rest of the season with our good friend Shane, then they need to go back and start it over. Yeah, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to listen. Starting If you're starting I, here, Okay, yeah. I watched a lot of mob movies this week last week and i realized that i don't need any more schoolboy bullshit i want people to come in professional i want them to act correct and i want to be able to count on them and as a listener i need to be able to count on you that you've done your homework as well <laughs> so with that being said i agree let's just jump right into it here we are in Shane, the wait, final wait one sec shane do you want to yell at anybody we yeah <laughs> anybody no i'm just having fun man i'm here to fuck around and talk about movies <laughs> i'm not mad at anybody <laughs> I mean, I'm a little disappointed in the Mountain Dew, but whatever. <laughs> I'm well, saving the good stuff for when we can all drink in person. <laughs> that's fair. Let's just jump right into it then. We have the 16 seed, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, going up against the 5 seed, Goodfellas. And on the other side of the bracket, we have the 10 seed, Godfather Part 2, going up against the 14 seed, Heat. Got a lot to talk about here. Where do y'all want to begin? I mean, this is a hell of a list. Yeah, if I do we? say so myself, I made the list, but I am going to say that's a hell of a list. It's a good time. I would it say was it- this was some of the best research I've ever got to do. And I thank you, Shane. Thanks for bringing this list to us. And that brings up the question. Did we fuck up by getting things to do in Denver when you're dead all the way to the final <laughs> four? Yeah. Is I- it a good movie? Absolutely. Is it? Is it like an iconic crime movie? I don't know. Is it a crime movie? Who knows at this point? What we? What is it even? I kind of wanted to just see how far it would get. It got pretty goddamn far. Final four. I mean, Cla- classic, classic FCP. Just <clears throat> to, got a little too excited. I mean, I think it's fair to say if we look at things to do in Denver and the bracket it came out of. As a reminder, it went up against LA Confidential, and then uh, and then the winner of the Town and Drive. Drive won that. So it had to go up against Drive. Like we literally had one, we had Group D was Godfather, Heat, Casino, and Sicario. <laughs> Any one of those movies, if it goes up against things to do in Denver when you're dead, immediately, it's it's over. It's a fun thing to, it's a fun little, when you're reading the synopsis on Wikipedia, it's fun to look at and you're like, well, that seems strange and wonderful. I'll put Nick on blast. He didn't do his homework on this one. He missed this movie. I will yeah, say for the record, too. That's this one up, kicked. Ass. Okay. Th- don't get me wrong. Snakes on a plane. Phenomenal film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I did instead of watching things to do in Denver when you're dead. I, really I had watched. homework to do specifically for this contest. <laughs> this is or this bracket. I should say this guy watches much- snakes on a plane instead. <laughs> He's got the best fucking mobster movies literally of all time in front of him at his feet. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Sam Jackson on a plane. <laughs> I, st- I stand by. This feels very much like when I was in when I was in high school and the teacher back, like, you have to read this book. And I'm like, what if instead of reading that book, one of the great works of literature, your Brave New Worlds, your Hamlet, what if instead I just read the entire Twilight series? Yeah, exactly. And, I'll tr- <laughs> and that's basically <laughs> what I did here. So uh, yes, take anything I say about uh, things to do in Denver when you're dead with a grain of salt, but I mean, here's, okay. But if I'm just being honest about part of why I didn't do it, A, I'm lazy, but B, it's fucking going up against Goodfellas. And I know we got this in on kind of a bit, 
but Goodfellas. Oh yeah. Let's just take a step back and objectively say that every single one of the movies that things to do in Denver when you're dead has gone up against thus far should have beat it. (laughs) (laughs) You were Shane, you were there for all of these conversations. I was there for all of it. But here's the thing. It was was a selfish act on my part. I wanted both of you to see it. Only one of you did. Only one of you is still And I don't regret it, first of all, because it's given a... Our new sign-off, if I remember to do it, is going to be... But something involved boat drinks in some way. Boat drinks, yeah. Yeah. And every time <laughs> I see Shane for Hopefully the rest of my buckwheats. life, every time I leave Shane's house from a party, every time he leaves my house, I'm going to say boat drinks. And Nick, you're not allowed to be in on the joke with us. And we're going to touch hands like eventually. we're in prison up against the glass. We're going to touch hands and say boat yeah. drinks, <laughs> catch a gleam in each other's eye. And then we're going to look at you and scoff. Just fucking I mean, I do, I away. do have a rental credit for it. That's the thing that I think is the saddest <laughs> about all of this. I rented at the exact same time I rented Heat, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna watch Heat, and then I'm gonna do things to do in Denver. You're dead, and we'll talk about Heat when we get to it." But you can't just act like you're gonna watch Heat and then watch something else afterwards. You need to oh, like yeah, yeah. take a break. You need yeah. to reevaluate your life, everyone you know. You need to get into a diner real quick. Like there's yeah. a lot of reasons. There's a lot of things <laughs> yeah, exactly. I couldn't do. I couldn't just watch another movie after Heat. So Heat made me want to work in a diner. Like no joke. Like that's the <laughs> only. Like after that fucking movie, I was like, well, I might as well be in a diner. I just don't even know why. Really, I just feel like the need to. If there's anything you learn, if there's a lot of things you learn by watching these movies, and one of them is how frequently deals and shit pop off in diners or that diners are the only safe place in America to actually be. That's the one place you can go where shit can't pop off. I think they literally say that in Goodfellas. He's like, I made him go to the diner because I know that's the one place he wouldn't kill me. (laughs) Is a phenomenal movie. All these are really good. It's based on a true story though, which is cool. And I really want to read that book. It's based on the book Wise Guy. Uh, I'm going to check it out from the library. Yeah, he's an interesting motherfucker too. He's been on Howard Stern quite a few times and kind of gets into it, but I think he's, he's got a lot of Stern? fucking... He's doing that? a terrible job at witness protection. Oh, absolutely. But now everybody <laughs> that was around him is like dead or incarcerated. So he's not too... He's not, he's pretty footloose and fancy free about it now. I feel like that's going to bite him on the ass. If I learned anything about Goodfellas, yeah. it's that these guys hold a grudge, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is weird how they just come out of it and they're like, but also like you can tell he's scared shitless every time he's on Stern because he's drunk as a skunk and he's like kind of like... <laughs> I don't know. Like he's dealing with his demons. Like that's the only way he can go out of the house is if he's fucking wasted. Did they ever fuck with him on that show? Like just like drop like a stack of books, like when he'd be talking and oh Jesus Christ, he would have died right then. Like just playing, man. Sorry, (laughs) the intern fucking dropped some books. Don't worry about it, man. What are you so What are you so giddy about? Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I uh, my favorite scene in all these movies, I think. Well, maybe not all of them, but uh, I really love the scene in Goodfellas where uh, Pesci's like. Oh, you think I'm funny? I'm here to amuse. No, explain it to me. Explain it to me. Am I here to amuse you? I think that might be one of the best mob movie scenes ever. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're immediately just tense as shit. Like, your butthole is so tight watching that scene. Because you're like, wait, Pesci is like you know that Ray Liotta and Pesci are two main characters but you're you're not unsure that Ray Liotta isn't gonna die in that moment you're like oh he's wait does the movie just switch perspectives and we're just gonna get everything from Pesci's side now because Ray Liotta might die here in this yeah exactly it's fucking you could cut it with a knife yeah that scene and then the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards are the two most tense scenes I've ever seen like any movie ever yeah you guys remember that when they're going to, they like knock on the door and they yep. go to that, uh, that farmhouse. Yeah. The farmhouse in the like French countryside or something yeah, and like the that. Jews are under the ta- on the, under the floor, oh, man, that fucking yeah. opening scene is amazing. It's good. I, I don't believe at the end of this movie, well, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it, pause, go watch it at the end of the movie. When they thought Pesci was going to be made, they had to know that was a trap. Oh, that was- I think it could have, could have gone either way. I think they're so subtle about it and they're so like, but he's Secretive. such a loose cannon. You know, the, the guy who was making them, he's the guy, he's like totally against Pesci's whole steez, his whole vibe. Yeah, but he's still made, it's, but it's, he's the one who made him. He's still fine with making him. It's that, uh, from my understanding, it was that another Don basically came in. He's like, no, nah, you got to kill that guy. Like he killed, he killed one of my dudes. He killed one of my made men. It's over. And then he's like, fuck, all right, I got to set this up. Like, dude, Pesci kills that kid in cold blood. And they just laugh. 
They just legitimately are like, they go back to playing cards afterwards and just make one person go take care of it. They're like, like, so, I mean, while they don't like it, they still, like, we all have a friend who's kind of a shithead. It's just that, that none of our friends are actively willing to murder people over the minorest of ingredients. Yeah, but uh, that friend that's the shithead, no one, we don't all get together and decide he is now making the decisions. Like, we don't like actively pick the shithead friend and like, okay, well, everybody give me your keys. He's house sitting for us all the time. This is his job. Yeah, leave your kids with him. I didn't understand. He's a new daycare guy. I didn't understand that to be what made meant. It was just that essentially you've proven yourself time and time again. So now you're, you have the invincibility cloak. Like no one can touch you at this point. Whatever you do from here on is sanctioned regardless of how shitty it is. Yeah. I mean, more or less. Shane, I, don't think, I don't think they're, I don't think they're making him like, they're not like being like that. He's going to become the next boss. We, he wasn't, we don't all have to call him dad. I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, you're right, but there is always upper management, just like any other True. career. You know what I mean? Like if they get together and decide that you're out, then you're fucking out. And, and how many times in life has upper management like basically failed upwards? I mean, it's a great <laughs> metaphor for the American corporate system. You're like, wait, that asshole gets to be the boss now? He they just get bailed out. Yeah. We're spending all this time talking about Goodfellas. Is there anything even to say about things you're doing when you're dead? I'm not going to sit here and act like I... I know well, it. Listen, that, let's, let's give the mic over to you, my friend. Let's let you talk a, a, a minute or two about things to do in Denver when you're dead. Give us, give us like your. <laughs> oh, that's right. You didn't Looking at you, Nick. Yeah, you bastard. <laughs> Everyone knows I don't know. You can't. You can't all of a sudden put me on the spot and try to make me. <laughs> I think. Best. Everyone knows I'll fail. Denver is is good. I I liked it a lot. I thought it was really fun. It's definitely a dark comedy more so than like a thriller or anything like that. Things to do in Denver when you're dead is a movie that you watch on a Wednesday afternoon after or before, you know, work. And then, you you know, it's on TNT and you kind of get into it a little bit and you're like, oh, fuck, I bet the uncensored version would be a lot better. <laughs> and then so you rent it and you're like, oh, it is. A, it's a fuck of a lot better, but it's still not Godfather. Yeah, it's our good fellas for that. I mean, matter. here yeah, here's the question I want to here's the question I want to propose. Not not against good fellas, but I'm just saying. Things to do in Denver when you're dead comes in at sh just shy of two hours. Yeah. And the next two movies we're going to talk about obliterate the three hour mark, I believe. So, so is there long. something to be said that does this movie do in under three hours something that those two movies don't do that would make it worth mm. the time or be like, well, they did condense it down. They really got you. They really get you in and out of there. Yeah, and good point. And, and it doesn't feel like two hours. Goodfellas like it's a fast watch. It's yeah. fast, fun. I I mean I'm gonna go with Goodfellas just because it's a phenomenal movie. I, I, it was the better movie. But things doing with Demory Dead, I enjoyed every second of it. It made me think, not like in a deep, profound way, <laughs> but definitely made me think about stuff about society and its ills. Society for sure. <laughs> Critical Bill is simultaneously the worst and best written character in the movie. Tell me what you did and didn't like about Critical Bill. I, I didn't like Critical Bill at all as a right. person, right. but I, why did they trust him? Why? Like, what the fuck? I like that Critical Bill in the end, after he fucks everything up, he goes to the main guy, Garcia, and he's like, man, you should have never put me in charge of that. Even though he begged to be in charge of it. He's like, I'm yeah, he fucking did. out of my tits. Why'd you, <laughs> he's like, I'm fucking crazy. Why would you do that? <laughs> that was so good. And then Andy Garcia has no choice, but to just stare at him and like roll his eyes. Cause he's like, yeah, nine people big... told you, you didn't want to be in charge. After the assassin comes for him, more spoilers. And the assassin gets in Critical Bill's house and stabs the starts stabbing the blankets and he turns the lights on. It's just a pig, and you see Critical Bill come out of the shadows in the background, like all methed out, like <laughs> shaking. With Talking rain. about how he's Godzilla and yeah, exactly. uh, the hitman is Tokyo. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Now I'm now I'm regretting every. Day. Can we pause? Can I go back and watch? Hey, you want to watch it? Yeah, I'll just pause. I'll meet. No, you. don't pause it. Just bring it up on your computer. We'll share the screen. And then <laughs> the people be like, why is this episode four hours long? <laughs> and then it, somewhere in the middle, we just started watching the movie. We all watched yeah. it. <laughs> it is. Okay. So it's a weird movie too. In that like, it's hard to find these kind of movies. Cause like I was saying before on, I think it was like our first or second episode. It's got some horrible moments. It's got some horrible acting, but then it's yep. got some amazing moments and some amazing acting. And then it's got like some of those like, whimsical little like thoughts about life that you kind of take away oddly enough even though it's like a b movie you're like god damn you know that fucking sentence is going to stick with me for quite some time 
whether it's like catchphrases or like, you know, reflections on life, it's just one of those movies that kind of sticks in your craw, whether or not you want it to. You know, this movie coming out in 1995 and thinking about the timeline of all the other movies, Goodfellas comes out in 1990, right? Heat is like around that time as well. This really sounds, and like thinking back to like when Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs comes out, this real it reads as someone who hasn't seen it. This reads as like, (laughs) Like someone at, is like pitching to fucking, of course it's Miramax. I was just gonna, I was gonna guess it was fucking Miramax because Miramax was the only people that would green light fucking anything in the 90s. Just some <laughs> coked out, just like. To their credit, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you, you seen uh, that fucking, uh, that fucking, uh, that fucking uh, Goodfellas movie. Do you like the Goodfellas movie? Yeah, yeah. And then I was thinking uh, that fucking, um, the fucking, what's the guy with the fucking, the colors, the fucking Reservoir Dogs. What if we did something like that? What if we put those two together and we got like, so it's, you know, these storylines, crazy characters, right? But then at the same time, it's about, you know, organized, everyone's loving that shit right now. And they were like, Billy, if you go write that, we'll fucking green light it. But then yeah, actually what you just did there sounded like a perfect Tarantino impression. Yeah. <laughs> so I just imagine that like, they were like, if you go write it, we'll fucking make it. And they were like, he's not going to write shit shows up after like a bender weekend with like a hand, like a basically stapled together fucking uh, napkins. He's like, I wrote it. And they're like, yeah, man, I guess. Fuck it. Let's guess, go. Yeah. yeah. Because the budget was so fucking you know, like, yeah, just give me eight million dollars. Maybe get Garcia attached to it. We'll yeah. Right. He's like, Garcia's my best friend. He'll do it for nothing. And they're like, yeah, man. All right. Fucking go. Like, let's do this. But again, like this is one that kind of slipped through the cracks and it's a little bit of an obscure take, but it was awesome because the last time that I was in Denver, we stayed in the Rhino district, which is like river North. It's like an arts district. And I went down to this shout out to this bar, uh, embassy tavern. It's like the, this awesome little dive bar that's right on the main drag there. And I went in and I instantly fell in love with the place because everything on the menu, like their specials were named after characters and things to do in Denver when you're dead. Oh, and so even cool. people in Denver don't know what that fucking movie is. So the <laughs> fact that they had a whole menu dedicated to it, I was like really impressed. I will. Yeah, there it is. Embassy Tavern. That's one of my all time favorite. I bars. feel I know I went to a, I, that sounded really familiar. I think I may have been to this one, but it's fucking awesome. It's such a cool little bar. It looks like a fucking sick bar. Yeah. No, when you type in things to do in Denver, I promise you the first Google, the, you got to dig in the Google search to get to finally when it says when you're dead question mark is that are you sure this movie sucks yeah (laughs) there's you you sure when did what things to do in denver smoke weed i had to buy it okay so i didn't use apple or whatever i I used youtube so i had to buy this movie and i'm glad i did because i'm gonna pay for it uh nine bucks that's not bad yeah it's not single digits that's not bad you'll watch it again i guarantee it oh yeah i'm gonna watch it again for sure but goodfellas has to go on to the next Goodfellas is moving on oh yeah for sure all right let's get let's get to the bigger, weightier conversation here. Ooh, the meat, the meatiest. We got, we got, screen. we got the Godfather Part Two yeah. going up against Heat. Mm. Mm. Oh, I, I, it sounds like there's some hot takes in the room. If I, if I have read our text chain correctly, it sounds like there's some hot takes. Does anyone want to just start throwing them out? Go for it, you guys. I'm all yeah, here. Okay. Sipping. I just had one problem with Heat, and it took me out and of the movie. It was only so- three hours. That it could have been six, and you would still been just as captivating. At the end, when he's all running away, and it's just it's just horse shit. When you get a ten minute head start on a cop on foot, and they don't know where you ran, and then there's one seat, like one fucking gray wash fade, and all of a sudden you're both in a field, and the cops right on your ass. How did he catch up to you? How did you get past airport security? How I just. Why? And that was the 90s. Airport, we did not lock down airports yes. in the same if way. If you anything from heat, it's that post our pre-9-11 airports were anything goes. Dude, anything but I mean, goes. I don't think he necessarily has a 10-minute head start because he catches – he he's like – he sees his girl, right? And he's like about to be like, it's me and you. And then he like fucking looks over and he's like – He sees the heat. Oh, shit. So he goes – I mean, at, at that point, but she also is probably to some extent like – He's fucking going that way. And like, where also, if you have committed this level of crime, where the fuck else are you going to go besides the airport? You know, you got to get out. <laughs> they're That's also the first. At the, they are at the airport hotel in their defense. So they're probably yeah. near the airport. Like, I, mean, I would be was, like, you could He was still trying to get to that private jet that uh, uh, Angelina Jolie's dad set up for him. Yeah, yeah but Angelina Jolie's dad with long hair. Is that Angelina Jolie's dad? <laughs> Angelina Jolie's yeah, what's dad. his name again? I always forget his uh, name. John Voight. John Voight, that's right. Dude, yeah. I didn't know that was Angelina Jolie's dad. 
Yeah. First of all, <laughs> second of all, that is the ugliest haircut anyone could ever have, and he. But has, it works. It, it works. Like, it's one of those creepy takes that actually works. And it looks it's, like long blonde pubes coming out of his head. Like oh, for sure. So looks like he shampoos with like red spider webs. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I get what you're saying, but here's. I'm going to say something that if you want to just mute my mic from here on out and then you two just finish this podcast, I get it. I understand everything. You didn't watch it, did you? No, no, I watched it. I watched all of these. I actually watched Godfather part one to then watch Godfather part two. So that's another reason. Oh, look at that. See, now you've more than made up for things. Yeah. Because, well, because someone was like, well, Godfather part two is like a prequel. So I was like, oh shit, maybe I don't need to. And then I read some reviews and they're like, no, you 100% need to watch the first one to get because obviously for anyone who doesn't know it's part prequel but part continuation of the story so you get yeah. the you you get to learn more about Vito as he gets into becoming a, the don and then michael as he is currently the don you know after his after his father passes on and he takes over the leadership of the of the family business <sighs> this movie is 3 hours long and it is only good for 1 hour we're talking about we're talking about Godfather Part Two. God, okay, I just wanted to make sure that we movie that movie takes two hours of 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 like setting up stuff and and putting things together in a way that until you get to the final hour when sure and maybe and I understand that that's kind of part of the methodology, right? Set all you have to. It takes a long time to set dominoes up, but all it takes is one little motion and they all fall, and that's exciting. And I get that. But this two hours of this fucking movie are are so brutal. And it's just, and there's like some action, but it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of remembering like who the names of everyone involved is. And like, and, and you're like, wait, how does he know that Roth did it? Wait, what? And you're like, he's kind of going on a hunch, which doesn't make any fucking sense. That I didn't understand that at all. When he just like openly, like he has some omniscient level of knowledge. He's like, Roth tried to kill me. You're like, Wait, how do you? He does. Anyway. He well, no. First of all, you didn't pay enough attention because every single scene, every single word spoken in this movie has a fucking point, and you're not missing. He's not going omniscient. Every person he interacts with, he accuses someone else of trying to kill him. The whole point is he's turning everyone on each other in hopes that someone comes through and squeals. Yeah. He accuses like five different people in the movie of actually trying of to the kill. Same him. thing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm too point. dumb. I'm not. I'm not. Will, I'm willing to admit that I could be vi- like that. This is not a great take. I'm willing to say it's like, a bad take. He's not using some omniscient <laughs> level of knowledge. He's literally doing the opposite. He has okay, no knowledge. Okay, of fine, it. fine, 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 fine. <laughs> but does you need two hours of that shit? Yes, it's so good. The movie so needed two hours of that fucking table. The only thing that I will give it because this also happens. I would actually even say something very similar about Godfather Part One. Is that the only thing that I learned, I was talking to my partner about this and it's like one thing to keep in mind and perspective that I needed to, I need to be reforced to think about this. This movie was made in 1974. Like there are so many things that we do now in movies and like that are based on what the Godfather did, but also even like anything that happened God, I know we're not talking about Godfather part one, but it's, it's fucking here. It's, it, 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 it hangs over us. Like it's all one movie. It's all one. The amount of time that they spend in Sicily for almost next to no fucking reason. Michael, I know why Michael's there. I get it. But it takes, once again, it takes a very long time. I understand that's part to harden his journey, but it takes fucking forever. There's too many rolling countryside scenes. And it was explained to me that back in 1974 or 72, when that movie came out, that that was probably because like, we have to remember that people couldn't just Google Sicily. Yeah, yeah. right. You couldn't just be like, what it does really Italy look like? Right. Cody, did like, you see the first one? I have, but it, I didn't watch it again. So, oh, so it's okay. not fresh in my memory. But, but yeah, yeah, Nick, I agree. It's like, it's a different, it's a generational thing, I'm sure. Like, right. it's something that I can, you can, it's something that we have a little more difficulty appreciating nowadays just because everything's instant gratification. So it takes a lot of fucking patience and like the right day of the week to really sit there with it. But I think yeah. if you do, like, like you were saying, you couldn't Google Sicily. Like, they just built up Sicily for you, basically. And you can say well, the same thing in, in part two about Cuba, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're like, why are we spending so much time looking at the beaches of Cuba? We all know Cuba's beautiful, but then yeah. it's like, actually, fucking people didn't in 1974. Like, yeah. there was a lot of things that people weren't aware of and needed to be laid out. And I think that's the other thing, especially when you look at, like, Godfather part two versus a movie like Heat is what's hard for me when you watch something like this is that 
this is the Rosetta Stone, right? Every movie that we're talking about is based on this movie. And so you've seen already all of the tropes because everything is just ripping off Godfather part one and part two. But by the time you watch, if you watch it later in life, you're like, you already know kind of the bit, you know, the twists, you know, the big things that are going to happen. And so it kind of, it changes the way I feel like you watch this movie. I feel the same way about like Monty Python in that I can respect it for what it is, but I, I'm not getting the same enjoyment. I think that a lot of people, when it first came out, like why so many people are attached to it and have these opinions of it as such a piece of high art. Whereas like now I'm like, I'm going to be out like, I'm just going to say like for like right now, right off the rip, heat's my pick. He yeah. builds on it and then fucking goes above and beyond. That is a movie where you are fucking tense from the fucking jump. The second that guy pulls the trigger on the cops for no reason, and you know he's going to. Oh, yeah. yeah. The moment that happens, you're just like, everything is going to change. Everything now is on high alert. He definitely does have a 15-minute gun shoot up that is... <laughs> it's tough to beat i'll give it i think that. i even texted you guys the one yeah. night that i rewatched it and i was like i timed that fucking shootout scene at the bank robbery 12 and a half minutes yeah of non-stop shooting hasn't <laughs> at one point was like this is long and i was like yeah yeah yeah, it is. yeah. yeah but it's great it's like one of the best scenes in any film it's so good yeah it's what and like the action just is like consistent and, and i will say having i watched heat before i watched godfather part two I now totally get why people had giant boners for the meeting between Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Oh, it's the best dialogue in the world. <laughs> That's it's fucking yeah. amazing. My coffee cup meeting was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I think Al Pacino was like, you can fuck my wife, but you cannot watch my TV. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Pacino fucking, oh, there's so many good one-liners in that movie. Like he just, he just like scream out of nowhere. Like, it's just like, don't waste my motherfucking time. And you just walk out of a meeting. That is when he- Yeah, he's great. It's wild to see Al Pacino as Michael in Godfather and then, you know, and and be like, this is the same actor. Yeah, exactly. This is the same, like that somewhere along the line, he learned how to scream. And like, then he's like, well, that's going to be my thing. Cause that is not a part of his character at all in Godfather. Part. I think he, I think he does once in Godfather. And that's when she tells him that she had an abortion. Right. And he like freaks the fuck out on her and slaps her and like, she's, (laughs) on the couch and he's like and but then he's like still after that and like just yeah died. he learned his I, power he's like that's I where mean, all that that's where all the energy is it's in the yeah it's in my yelling i gotta keep doing that when he what is what if, what if it was in his contract that instead of that he just had to slap a woman and everything like, do you think he would have had the the sterling career that he had absolutely <laughs> just, not i don't think he was that would have constantly blocked. abusing spouses <laughs> oh, not man. have been the I, same trajectory i don't think i just I liked Heat. I thought he was fine, but I can't even understand how you put it above The Godfather Part Two. I just think, once again, it comes down to if what we're talking about is like what we like in these organized crime movies. Yeah. You get, I'm going to, I want a piece of, I want action. Like if we're going to have fucking crime, I don't necessarily need to go through the ins and outs of the olive oil industry. Okay. Nick, that's why it's called organized. Okay. <laughs> well, I like it when it gets disorganized, Cody. I, and like, I, I think too, there's just a I don't need to know that olive oil can be cut up to 40% and still be called olive oil. I don't need these facts. I don't actually think that's in the movie. Yeah. I don't think, but I just like watching he, like I, once again, the whole time you're like, this is fucking killer. Like it, it's a movie that's three hours and you, there's very little in it that I would have cut out. Like there's yeah. Henry Rollins. What about Henry Rollins cameo appearance in there as uh, what's his face? Van Zandt's like henchman. Bodyguard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many like weird little there's like, cameos. There's one there's part so I thought I was going to hear Henry Rollins voice too. There's a part where Van Zandt asks him a question and Henry Rollins opens his mouth and as soon as the mouth, they cut end the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't need to hear from this man. No, I, he gets more money if he speaks. We can't let him yeah. have it. Yeah. <laughs> I just think like he, like I said, it's, it's not that I can't respect Godfather. I mean, I would say like, there is something to be said about like, I think we've lost some of like what the acting, the level of acting that happens in this, in the Godfather part one and part two. There is, there's a bit of that art that I think is harder to find now in films. Once again, with cinematography, 
they hold on the character, you know, like they'll hold on a character's face for like, I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, but to say like dozens of seconds at a time. Whereas like now we cut every, every five seconds, there's usually a cut in a movie or something like that. Like the yeah, average. Yeah. So it's so different. So they had to work harder. They couldn't edit out bad acting back then. Yeah, that whole scene in Havana, that whole party scene for New Year's Eve, where you can just see Pacino giving eyes at Fredo the whole time. Like, oh yeah, that just would, fucking death glare. And it, the, Fredo never sees it. Yeah, the way it's shot, like it's just like I don't think there's any words spoken between them for five minutes worth of the movie. Yeah, so good. And then he just kisses him on the mouth. Broke my heart. I mean, he let it slip when he was in the club when they were going to that uh, sex club to see the guy with the big dick. Yeah. yeah. Like Fredo just <laughs> fucked himself over. Like that's the night that he killed himself, basically. Yeah. Because at the beginning of that meeting, like when they first went to Havana, he's like, No, I've never met that guy before in my life. And then he's at the bar with the at the sex show and he's like, Oh yeah, that guy who I just told everybody I didn't fucking meet. I've known him for years and he takes me here all the time. Yeah. And I'll say, like, I mean, for sure, Godfather rewards you for the watching of it. Like you said, Cody, you've already pointed out multiple times where I clearly missed something. And like, I caught the Michael thing. Like when when Fredo specifically calls out that he knows the guy that he should not know. And it's like, what'd you just fucking say, Fredo? And like, it's one line, but now you know the whole movie's going to be different because you're like- And they didn't, they don't linger on it or anything. And it's just one look, Pacino's just one eyebrow on Pacino goes slightly up in the behind him. And it's like, damn. (laughs) It, it rewards you in a way that like you have to be diligent in watching it. You, I understand. I'm not saying I'm, this is in no way me saying that Godfather two is a bad movie. It's a fucking excellent movie. But at the end of the day, if you're putting these two movies up and you're like, you're going to watch one, I'm going heat. I'm going heat. Okay. Can we, I also, give it up for the, can we also give it up for the guy uh, in uh, Godfather two shit. What was his name? Hyman Roth. When he takes his shirt off, he's still basically got a sweater on. Yeah, that's so <laughs> wild. You used to get to be hairy back. You don't really get away with that in movies nowadays. Yeah, no, you, we allowed that back in the day. If you so. leave the bag here, I'll know I have a partner. It sounds more like a fucking Kennedy than a <laughs> yeah. Jewish mob boss. But yeah, I mean, uh, and then also at the at the tail end of uh, Godfather Two, obviously the famous scene where uh, Michael has his brother Fredo killed in the boat. Mm-hmm. But before that, I love the part where he's like talking to him in the in the boathouse, and he comes in and he kind of like starts giving him the business and then fucking uh fredo's like just freaks the fuck out he's like i'm i'm your older brother like i'm smart i'm smart like preaching yeah, to yeah. his brother how he's not dumb and like everybody thinks he's a fucking idiot <laughs> meanwhile he is and then he gets killed for being an idiot yeah yep. i'm gonna I'll walk in something in a second i just want you to know those first two hours are not wasted every camera shot that you see is like reused in the second half. Like there's no wasted cinematography. The same angle we meet Fredo at the beginning where he comes over, the camera shows him and it's at that wedding at the very beginning. That's the the same exact camera shot. Did you read a book? No, I watched a fucking movie with a critical eye, dude. Because you you read something, Cody. You read something. You read something. You're like, why? You were you were like, why is Godfather Part Two good? And like read a bunch of articles. (laughs) No, I don't do that kind of homework. I'm just saying, dude. Like I noticed that kind of stuff, and it was very, very well done. I'm not getting Godfather. I do have to say, in Heat's defense, I for just to be completely critical. I got more sick than I've ever been my entire life halfway through heat. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Fair your opinion point. of heat is maybe sl- not because of heat, not because of heat. Yeah. I got food poisoning and I ended up throwing up for about 14 hours straight, Jesus not because of heat Christ. again, but see what's amazing is you could, that whole time you're puking, you could just pop back out. Movie still going. That movie just never ends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to guess you missed the diner part two. <laughs> All right, Shane, you got to break this tie. Oh, this sucks, man. Love both of these movies. I think both of you have very valid points. But as far, I'm going to go strictly on rewatchability. So I'm going to go heat. I know this isn't about winning, but I, I, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that W right there. I think I got, I want to watch Godfather and Godfather Part 2 again. I'm going to do it. Oh, for sure. I mean, they're fucking infinitely watchable movies. They are yeah. legitimately masterpieces when it comes to when it comes to movies. Now, to that point. I think we all, I think when we all got started in this, in this process and Shane presented, I want to do, you know, the, you know, mob, I want to do organized crime movies. Let's be honest. We, we all are thinking mob movies where, I mean, sure. We had, we had a variety of movies in here that loosely tie into organized crime. Heck, I even watched snakes on a plane because it had organized crime in it. And that could That's have been in the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, we wanted to watch a mob movie. and good fellas to me from a pacing perspective, 
from a storyline perspective is is just for me the goat i that movie was so solid as far as everything you want it basically lays out like how the entire like their whole organization works which is always like that's the fun part about mob movies right is everyone wants to know how do they do it how do they stay in the shadows but how do you know how are they so big and so prevalent it does all of that heat is a great crime movie goodfellas is a fucking great mob movie and i think that's what we're here to talk about today that's what we joined to talk about was mob movies and i think goodfellas fucking kills i understand if you're gonna watch one mob movie ever or if you're gonna watch your first one it should probably be goodfellas because it's like like you said it is the blueprint of how this stuff works Mm -hmm. casino let's be honest casino's up there too casino didn't really make it on here because it's basically the same movie as goodfellas only quite a bit longer <laughs> and, and kind of restructured and to be like right in the heart of Las Vegas. But there's a lot of similarities. And let's not look over the fact that, well, I guess, okay, now that we're on heat, heat's an hour is 170 minutes. So right under three hours and Goodfellas is 146. So right at two and a half. Okay. So they're pretty equal, only about 30 more minutes, but man, in Goodfellas that once again, no time wasted. Every piece of that is fucking great to watch. Yeah, I liked it when they dig into the mob wives too. That's a pretty fun scene. Oh, yeah, where they all got the beehive hair and shit. And yeah. all nails done. <laughs> I love just like the the openness of the girlfriend, like that. It's like you saw your girlfriend on Friday nights and you took your wife out on Saturday <laughs> nights. There was rules to this stuff. <laughs> exactly. I love how they get into weird details too. Like we were talking about this in one of the earlier episodes, but like when they go to prison and they're just sitting there like cooking steaks and shit and like mincing garlic and they go into deep deep detail about like the yeah. process of how you're supposed to properly mince garlic and stuff like yeah. this <laughs> like just all these weird and then like towards the end when like ray liotta is like coked out like a motherfucker and he's running all over the the city like paranoid about helicopters watching him rightly so because they are right yeah and then he's like and then he has to run back home and like stir the sauce and like just the intricacies of like how into food this culture <laughs> is it's like crazy how how detailed it is he's like Listen, now you got to stir the sauce every 20 minutes. I'm going to go get some Coke. I'll be right back to stir the sauce again. <laughs> Just all this crazy shit. Oh, that movie. Yeah, it, man, that movie. Don't watch that movie on an empty stomach because no, you, you're sure. going to you're going to well, call it. You're going to pass out because it's so fucking long. <laughs> you're going to you're just going to you're going to end up door dashing like a fucking Buca de Peppo or an Olive Garden and being like, oh just send me the stuff, man. I need it. I need something Italian in my veins. I don't care how I get it. Don't watch that on an empty stomach. You're going to pass out. Yeah. <laughs> Three hours. Shane, this is more homework than we've ever gotten. I want you to feel proud. Maybe. Right. Is it pride? Is that what you Yeah, that's a, yeah. I'm swelling with a sense of pride. I think these are, okay, as far as like Americana, even though it's, you know, really Italian for the most part, like these are, these are the staples. These are, these are what every young man has to go through. It's a rite of passage. I don't give a fuck that it's three and a half hours. <laughs> Shut up and take it. <laughs> Shane, I would say you're a grown done, man now. <laughs> Shane, you've done more for my pop culture consumption than my own father. Like I, I now call you dad. Mine too. Mine too. We're in the same boat. I never saw these movies and I, and I, I wanted to believe that at some point in my life, of course, like, I think everyone who like kind of, you know, is into pop culture, just movies or cinema or whatever. You're like, at some point I'm going to see the Godfather. I don't know when, but at some point, no. And I got to be honest, you got to make time to watch the, like oh, Godfather yeah. and Godfather part two. Like you said, Shane, you're going to yeah. sit down here and fucking like it. That's what yeah, we're it's doing. It's like a weekend today. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you right? got to carve out a fucking weekend for it. Yeah, so I, I want to say, like, I appreciate you for telling me to sit down. When we watched The Godfather, we made homemade pasta, homemade Did sauce. Nice. We made homemade garlic yeah, bread. Man. We, got, we had cracked yeah. a bottle of wine, and then we sat down and watched The Godfather. Oh, man, that fucking gives me the warm fuzzies. I love it. <laughs> Shit like that, I really, like, I can I can get behind stuff like that. When you do, like, a theme night, and like, yeah. your wife joins in, and you're like, God damn, this is nice. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking about, like, organized crime and just like the whole structure of the thing and like that's kind of what got me off on this kick anyway was like the credo and the codes that these guys live by and like how like we were talking about in the first episode like this should creep a lot of people out because these are based on true stories a lot of them not all of them but this shit happens on a day-to-day basis and like these guys are able to i don't know if they still do but at one point they influenced elections and they got people into the unions and they controlled the unions and like nothing happens without the unions pretty much so the fact of the matter is like 
these people have been able to kind of run a country in some small semblance or in some like large faction of like politics like they they've, they've kind of taken it over and like infiltrated which is kind of you have to have a little bit of respect for that yeah in way. if you want to look into the kennedys then you, there's a lot there around like the mafia at that time and the influence that that they had heat makes you want to rob a bank and be like yeah that seems like it'd be pretty sick but like goodfellas that whole time you're like oh okay i want to get in the mob this is like like especially because they show all the cool like the really like it's not all gritty crime right it's like going out to the fucking club and getting just like essentially like all the best service everyone knows your name everyone loves you and it's all because like yeah you know you you run you do a couple crimes you do a couple low-end things maybe kill a guy here or there but at the end of the day it's about family okay and like (laughs) such a weird contradiction yeah. yeah. The way that Goodfellas portrays it too is like it is exactly like that. They romanticize all this stuff. And then when they do kill or when they do do the criminal stuff, it's so low key and it's so like flippantly. It's like, oh yeah. And then we boosted the truck, you know, we gave the cops a couple here, there. And then, yeah. you know, and then we were out eating dinner and it was awesome. Yeah. I, and I'd like to that uh, Jimmy in uh, Goodfellas, uh, De Niro's character, basically, once people start showing up and spending money that they just made off of that heist at Lufthansa airport, like he just flips shit and like kills them all. Like yep. he just doesn't even care. Like he kills their <laughs> wives, kills their kids, doesn't not give a shit. They yep. all wind up in a fucking parked car with yeah. the engine off and a fucking spike through their head just because they went out and bought a little something nice, like a fur coat or a car. But that's how you got to do it. Like, that's why, like, you see these people, like these legit mobsters when they get arrested and you're like, oh, he's, he looks like a piece of shit. He's just got a stained t-shirt on. It's like, yeah, because they can't go around announcing every dollar that they make. Like, they can't right. be Gucci and shit. Well, you look at Paulie in Goodfellas. He's just, he's just constantly just chefing up. He's always eating. At the store, he's just, he's just <laughs> making onions and peppers. And yeah. I, the one thing that was mind-blowing about when you look at, like, just how quickly though you are just dismissed from like the the lifestyle like you oh, yeah. you fuck up another like you said robert nero's like oh you, you oh you thought it'd be nice to buy a car you're fucking dead oh you bought a fur coat you're fucking dead oh you i told you not to sell drugs and you started selling drugs and i've treated you like a son for over 40 years here's 3200 bucks never talk to me again yeah. you're done you're out yeah. like it's amazing you're just like I'm would you like, guys would you guys would have done the same uh, turncoat bullshit that Ray Liotta did had you been in his position? Would you have gone rat? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty quickly. Uh, I like how quick you answered. That's awesome. <laughs> I, like, I like that you wanted to give us a chance to come off like, nah, man, you never fucking narc. Not on the family. I don't care. I don't care if you got my balls hooked up to a fucking car battery. I wouldn't say shit to no one within five seconds. You're like, yeah, no, I actually, you- and honestly, though, I probably would. I think I... I'd like to think I wouldn't have, but it, half loyalty and half also fear because you saw how much they had control in the prisons and everything. Like, yeah, that's uh, true. Taking this shit to the grave, dude. Because that's true. If yeah. I if I don't take it to the grave, I'm going straight there anyway. I but can we also can we switch gears for a second and talk about Val Kilmer's ponytail and heat? God, dude. Okay, that was my inspiration for when I when I had long hair. <laughs> yeah. is because I didn't know it at the time, but it was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. This- also, we need to talk about this real quick. Sorry, Nick. We no, need to talk about please. the fact that Val Kilmer and his wife have a very complex system of hand signals in this movie. Yeah. And as soon as exactly. I saw that, when she like signaled that like the, the heat was on and he needed to go, as soon as I saw that, I look at Kath and I was like, we need hand signals. And she's yeah. like, yeah. you don't do anything, Cody. You don't do anything at all, ever. You do nothing illegal, Cody. I don't need, not even just illegal, just nothing. I don't you just do, do nothing. You just, we don't. We sit here. What would I need hand signals for besides like, but, I'm going to go But now you think, you think I don't have her down there practicing right now? Oh, yeah. This is the hand signal for more Mountain Dew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got to love that. You know, there was, there was real love, but also some real animosity in that relationship. Yeah, but also I do like that one scene, like it's so cliche at this point to talk about the coffee shop scene with Pacino and De Niro, but God damn, that's a no. good scene. That's they're just so they, they're two of the only people that can really act with just their faces without saying a word. Yeah. Like they could just be silent the whole fucking time and you'd be like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. They both have like, as I said in earlier episodes, they both have very sculptable faces. Like you want to sculpt them. They look just so unique. <laughs> have you started your magnum opus yet on <laughs> uh, sculpting faces? What was the one that we were talking about 
originally sculpting. Like Ray my, Liotta. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I haven't started. That beautiful man, Ray Liotta. <laughs> very, very attractive. Every female ever wants horny. to sleep with Ray Liotta and Goodfellas. And I, I have a hunch. I think it's just because he looks like he's wearing fucking eyeliner. Like the whole time he looks like he's got eyeliner on. I think that's it. Like, he's got those eyes. Gotta yeah. be it. He's got, like, I'm going to start wearing eyeliner. Or, you're not going to look like Ray Liotta, Cody. <laughs> that, that's probably not. You look, you look more like Ray, Lee, Ray Liotta looks like right now than he ever did in his 20s and 30s. Thanks, dude. I get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dick. Thanks, man. All right. Let's lo- <laughs> let's lock it in. Where do we – like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Goodfellas. I, I can't deny – that that to me, even if it's like the, it's like what movie? If I got to pick one of these movies to watch, I think I'd still go for Goodfellas because it still gives me a lot of the crime that I and the action that I loved from Heat. But it also it ramps up in like the good kind of paranoia way. It pays off, like you said, Cody from uh, Godfather, where you know you pay if you pay attention to like the certain phrases that they use. He's like, and that's how I know he was going to kill him that day. And then all of a sudden, he says that same phrase to his wife. And that's how she knows, like, I'm not going to fucking keep walking down this road. Like, all of that. It's just so well done, top to bottom. I'm going to go Goodfellas. I got a lock in Goodfellas, too. I thought it was phenomenal. Second best movie we watched. Well, I guess we have a winner, then. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Shane, I mean, I guess, which way way were you going to go? Would you have gone, were you going to go Heat? Give it the... So, I think that, like, I don't know what it is, but there's something that's always kind of, like, spoken to me about from Heat, like, being, like... The cop and the robber are insanely organized and they're both like at the top of their game, no matter who you ask in that movie, like everybody around them, like says they're the best at what they do. Mm -hmm. And so, and then like when it's kind of the penultimate scene, when they meet up in the coffee shop and they, they kind of acknowledge the fact that they're both amazing at what they do and they're just going to keep doing it regardless of who dies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, They just basically say one of us is going to die. Yeah. Yeah. What if it comes down to that? And, and they both are like, well, I guess you're fucking dead. Like, and, and I'll well, move on. And I think that's like the beautiful part of the final scene that like they're so evenly matched. They're in they're within, you know, feet of each other and they, no one's got the lead on the other one. And all it takes is like one foot is past the point where a shadow can catch it. Al Pacino yeah. sees it. Bang, bang. That's all it was. It's the smallest little thing. It wasn't. It wasn't like some big deal. It was this tiny little, your foot was a little too far past the line. Yeah. And now, now I fucking got you. Dead well, and to like, to counterpoint what Cody was saying earlier about, you know, about just hopping the fence and going to the airport and having such a lead on uh, Pacino. Like I, the reason I like that scene so much is because of his undying commitment to getting the fuck out of town after he just got the biggest score of his life. Like yeah. he just left his girl, his new girl right at the yeah. fucking hotel lobby. Like he's, After he she's, murdered, gone. Like she's not coming back. Cops swarming everywhere. Cops swarming everywhere. He's literally running on an airport runway, like trying to get out of town, trying to make that plane, that private jet that uh, Angelina Jolie's father set up. <laughs> and uh, like, he's just not giving up. Like he's, he's determined like a motherfucker to get out of town and never come back. And so there's something really cool to be said about like the dedication like that those characters have. So yeah, that it's always about the thing. It's always yeah. about, the like it, it all the other tertiary stuff around it at the end of the day well and that's i mean they even point that out in al pacino's character right like how many like divorces or whatever yeah, like that. fourth divorce and yeah and pacino has to like mercy kill danny trejo on his fucking hollywood hills home oh, like as he's on the floor after you get the shit beat out of him just yeah. so many great things in the, and tone loke was in the movie i mean yeah. lest we forget <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> It has, How the fuck do you discount Tone Loke? I mean, if we were basing a whole movie off of the the great cameos it has, then I I would give it to Heat. But yeah, I'm, the, I'm the gonna... Fidelity Insurance guy was the getaway driver, or was maybe it wasn't Fidelity, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, State yeah. Farm. State yeah, Farm. Yeah, State yeah. Farm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's great. I mean, I mean it's not it's a bad not, movie. These are once again like legitimately, with the exception, I can't speak for things to do in Denver when you're dead. That like I agree with Cody. This is hands down some of the best research I've had to do because I finally got to like watch movies that I was putting off. Any one of these movies is worth your time to watch. Oh, for sure. But I, I hope that both of you guys end up eventually watching all of them. Cody. I think you've seen all of them, haven't you? Yep. Nick, I, I think you might have missed one. Entire list of sixteen, right? You mean you want us to work ourselves through? I mean, at this point, you're yeah. Like, eventually, I mean, your recommendation is golden to me so i you know now i know Shane, if I, do you want to be our official podcast dad daddy okay okay listening to friendly competition shane's your new podcast dad you yeah, can call him dad 
All right. What was going to be your pick, though? It's going to be good, fellas. But what, where were you going to go? It was going to be Heat for you? It was going to be Heat for me, yeah. Fair enough. You're not. And I love both of those movies. They're two of my all-time favorites. But at the end of the day, like like I said, like shit that I can watch again and again, it's got to be. Yeah. Like it, you can't you can't go wrong either way with either of these movies. But that is it, folks. Good fellas. Moving on to the boat. Thank you so much for listening to Friendly Competition Podcast. If you want to help out you boys, few things that you can do. Share with a friend. That's always going to be the most helpful. We, we can tell y'all been telling a lot of people all of a sudden. So keep doing that. Keep yeah. sharing the love. We love that. Tell everyone that you know, wherever you see us on social media, like a post, share a post, any of that stuff is always helpful. And then rate, review, follow, subscribe, wherever you listen to the show. Follow us on all of our social media accounts. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram or Facebook at Friendly Comp Pod. If you have an idea for a season you'd like to hear us do, email those to us at friendlycompetitionpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, friendlycompetitionpodcast.com. Or, yeah, friendlycompetitionpodcast.com. You can submit through there as well. Podcast Dad, do you have anything you want to say to your loving fans before we, for your kids, I guess, before we go? <laughs> Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. No, this is a lot of fun. I think uh, I think it's really cool what you guys are doing. I mean, I've obviously not completely caught up on all the episodes. I've only heard handpicked few of them, but... Uh, this is awesome. I really like the concept. I think it's a lot of fun. I think uh, people will, you know, people who might, ne- might not necessarily have ever seen any of these movies or, or, you know, dabbled in anything like that will check them out now. And I think it's good. It's awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Yeah. You're always welcome. Uh, check out shaneart.com, by the way. Uh, Shart was taken. He, he's a great artist. He won't choose his own horn, but he's a phenomenal artist. Yeah, he's really check avoided. We're, we're trying to build this guy up and let you know, like, he's he's got it. Yeah, look at his shit. It's amazing. If you've driven or if you've driven through Sioux Falls, you've seen his murals. If you've been to a bar in Sioux Falls, you've seen it. Like the man's, I'd say as far as Sioux Falls is concerned, you're pretty prolific, Shane. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Finally, uh, finally got the uh, Adam Sandler uncut gems print up. Finally nice. found the place that we want it. It's just now you walk, you stand up, you get, as you're walking downstairs, he just faces you right there to let you know. Nice. Like, you I, took I, it out of the toilet then? We did. Yeah. So <laughs> we wanted, I wanted to like, as I walk into the world, I wanted to have that look of like, make good choices. Don't be like this. <laughs> That's awesome. And also man. curb your sports gambling. Uh, it's something I need to be <laughs> yeah, reminded exactly. of constantly every check, day. It's a problem. Don't, don't, don't parlay the Celtics or yeah. do, I guess the movie doesn't really teach you a lesson about like not gambling. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, sometimes just, you'll win. Just try not to get great. shot in the face after you gamble. Yeah, exactly. Well, that is it for us, folks. Thank you so much. And wait, that's not what I say. Shout out to Charizard. Yeah, there it is. Charizard, another great Sioux Fall artist. Check out Charizard. Go to Bandcamp. Type in Charizard. Replace the vowels with sixes. That is it for us, folks. New season coming out on Monday. But until then, I've been Nick Keller. And I'm Cody Lena. I'm Shane Schroeder. Cool. And me and Shane will be drinking boat drinks without Nick. Boat drinks. Boat drinks. No buckwheats, just boat drinks.